0: Just uh thank you for Stephen and he came from college to be able to come to speak to this youth group, to be able to just pour into them as a fellow kid from this youth group. And uh I just thank you for him, Mm -hmm. thank you for Dan, and for just all the kids here seeking after you. And I pray in Jesus' name, Amen.
1: This is a tragedy. Title of the article. Start now, retire early, February 1998. Bob and Penny took early retirement from their jobs in the Northeast five years ago when he was 59 and she was 51. Now they live in Punta Gorda, Florida, where they cruise on their 30-foot trawler, play softball, and collect shells. That's a tragedy. And there are people in this country that are spending billions of dollars to get you to buy it. And I get 40 minutes to plead with you, don't buy it. Don't buy that dream. The American dream. A nice house, a nice car, a nice job, a nice family, a nice retirement. Collecting shells. As the last chapter before you stand before the creator of the universe to give an account with what you did. Here it is, Lord. Look, Lord, my shell collection. And I've got a good swing. And look at my boat. God, look at my boat, God.
0: Testing. Okay. All right. So, that's a nice video, right? <laughs> but um, it's a funny video, you know, um, that we would pre- present seashells to God, but I want you guys to realize real quick just how that sounds. Um, that was really serious, really quick, so I'm sorry. Um, anyways, um, my name is Steven. Um, I was a senior last year in the youth group. Um, But uh, God has really been convicting me um, about what it means to be a disciple of God. So tonight I'm going to talk about um, what it means to be a disciple versus a convert. So think about that for just a second, what it means to be a convert of God and a disciple of God. So I'm going to start with my testimony. Um, I grew up in church, Um, a lot of you guys know, Um, so... I grew up in church, I've always been around, I've always been a leader, um, always been, um, and tried to be the example for everybody. So, um, But I never knew what it meant to be sold out to Christ. I understood that God wanted us to make disciples, but there were areas in my life that I just would not give to God. Um, so I fell into the trap of cultural Christianity and just the idea of the American dream, which was just self-fulf- self-fulfillment self and just doing what it takes to make myself happy. Um, When I was younger, I fell into pornography. um, And it was where I was tempted a lot and I struggled a lot and I just fell time and time again. Um, It was something that I just never gave up to God. Um, As I got into high school, and um, I still struggled with that. And then eventually that wasn't enough for me. So I eventually began to chase relationships and um, started dating other people and trying to find people that would give me the fulfillment that um, God is ultimately supposed to give us, um, and you know after that didn't work out, um, relationship um, one after another just failed and um, never got to what they were supposed to be. I just start I started drinking. Um, I turned to alcohol. Um, that was something that I used as an escape, just to try and fit in, and um, all of that falls under the umbrella of. Um, self-image, and I wanted to appeal to be the best person and the most put-together person I could and just have everybody like me and do everything that I could to make everyone like me. Um, and so in high school, I always, like, I had God, and, like, I knew Jesus died for my sins, but and he was there, but it was almost like I was trying to pull God through life with me. Like, I wasn't letting him lead. I wasn't following him. I was just wandering off and trying to pull him with me to keep him where I was, um, in my sins, so um, when I went off to college, um, I went to UF. Um, I like your hat, saw it in the back, and I don't know your name. What's your name? Dallas. Dallas. Hi, Dallas. So, um, oh, um, so I went to UF um, on pre-med track. Um, I was a biology major. Um, and my goal was to do medical missions. I knew the call of the Bible was to be a missionary. Um, and so I was like, well, I don't want to disobey God, even though I totally was, but I didn't want to disobey God. So I was like, I'll be a missionary. And so i I was like, I'll do medicine. Um, and so when I was doing medicine, um, I took a couple of hard pre-med classes and I was really stressed out, um, The first few weeks of college, I was miserable. I really wanted to come home because it was so hard. Um, But I was in a very low place. I was struggling in my schoolwork. I was um, feeling really lonely because I didn't have a lot of friends that went to UF with me. And so I was trying to find a place to get plugged in and a place to get connected. Um, And then I found um, the Baptist Collegiate Ministry, and um, I started going to a Bible study on Thursday nights. Um, and then the leader of the Bible study actually took me. He said, um, we should get lunch. And I was like, yeah, I like lunch. And so um, so we went out to eat, um, and he presented the gospel to me, which really took me back. I was like, I, I'm i at this Bible study. I, I know what the gospel is. Um, and then he asked me, he's like, is this what you want? And I was like, yeah, of course this is what I want. And so um, then he said, well, then you you need to start living it wow. out. And that really hit me. Um, and so what I want to go through with you guys is um, what it means to be a disciple. And so um, I just want to pose a question you guys don't have to answer. Um, actually, don't answer. Um, so is everyone who's a Christian a disciple of God. Just think about that. Is everybody who claims to be a Christian a disciple of God? So while you're thinking about that, I'm going to get my Bible that I left back here. So time out. Thanks. That's embarrassing. Okay. All right. So um, so discipleship is more than just being a Christian. Um, you know, according to the Bible, um, Not everybody who follows Jesus is a disciple of God. And so I want to talk to you guys about what it takes to be a disciple. And I've said that a lot. But so there's four principles, four things that we need in our lives to truly be a disciple of God. Um, The first one is the Word, the Word of God. So we need to be in the Word every day. So... um, it's impossible for us to learn about God and hear what he wants us to do in our lives if we're not actively in the word. Every day reading it, um, just meditating on it, thinking about it, and just like seeing how we can apply it to our lives. And so if we don't have this, we can't move forward. So we need to be in the word every day and thinking about what God's plan for our life is. Um, and so there's five things that we have to do if we want to get to know God's word. And so... Um, the first thing we have to do is here. So if you guys want to flip on over to Romans 10, 17. I'll give you a minute to get there. It's going to be on the screen too. So, And it says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. And so... Um, Hearing is the first way that we get the word, and so obviously you guys are here, so you know how important it is to hear the word and so you hear it from someone else who has more insight and who's had something shown to them that they really feel like God is saying to them. And so hearing the word is the first way that we have to be, or that we hear and understand God's word. Um, and you guys are obviously here, so that's you guys are definitely got that checked off. And like you guys are or are actively looking for that hunger and just to get that word in your life. Um, But we have more of a responsibility than that. Um, Revelations 1-3, you guys don't have to flip everywhere, they're going to be on the screen, but if you guys want to. um, Revelations 1-3 says that, uh, Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. And so... We have to be reading God's Word. Um, we, ha- we have to hear it from others, get it through our lives, but we have to take it in ourselves if we really want to know what God is saying directly to us. Um, and so, on top of that, the next one is study. And the next verse is Acts seventeen eleven, which says, Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the Scriptures daily to see if these things were so. So once we hear and we start to read the gospel and the good news of God, then we have to go around to study it, and we have to go um, figure out what it means. And so studying the Bible is applying it to our lives, really taking what God says and using the context to figure out how it applies to us in our lives. And so it takes just reading a step further. So we should be reading, which is just seeing what God says, um, and just, trying to un- or just seeing it and letting it into our minds so that we're exposed to it. But we need to be studying it as well and really diving deep into see what it says and how that affects us and um, just how we can really use that in our lives. And so studying the Word is how God speaks to us. That's how we hear God um, in the most direct ways. Um, and so next we have scripture memory. Um, And scripture memory is definitely something that is downplayed in the church. It's something that we don't take seriously in the church. Um, But um, flip flip on over to Psalms 119.11 if you want to. um, Which says, I have stored up your word in my heart so that I may not sin against you. And so we say that, but we don't think about just how strong it is. And so when we start to, like, when we have sin struggles... We don't realize that storing up God's word in our heart is a way to combat those. We don't, like we see ourselves falling and slipping in the sin, but we don't realize that God gives us the answer to fight that. And that is scripture memory. And that's something that we really do not take as seriously as we should in the church. Um, So the next one I have is probably the most, the hardest one to get to, hardest one to understand is meditation. Meditation on God's word. Um. So Joshua, 1, 8, or Joshua 1, eight says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your ways pr- prosperous, and then you will have good success. So <clears throat> meditating on the word is a little bit more confusing than studying, reading, hearing. But meditating on the word is just thinking about God throughout the day. He needs God needs to be the one thing like that stays on our mind constantly. And so when we're doing all these other things, um, scripture memory, reading, studying, hearing the word, then <coughs> meditation becomes more natural because God is the one thing that we're really like putting at the forefront of our mind. And so um, <coughs> we need to be constantly thinking about God's will and God's word. So And I'm going to give... So, we have hearing, reading, studying, scripture, memory, and meditation. No, that was wrong. Sorry. Hearing, reading, studying, scripture, memory, and meditation. So... (coughs) Sorry. So, if this is... If those ways of understanding the word is the hand, um, we have to have a good grasp on the word of God. So, we have to be able to have all five of those things in order to have a firm grasp on what God is telling us. <clears throat> and so, like, if I just have scripture memory and meditation, I can still hold on to God's word, and I still know what it says, um, but I'm not as strong as I would be if I had all five of these things. And if, and you know, if you have, for say, hearing and meditation, it's harder, and it kind of hurts, but <laughs> if, it's possible to hold on to God's word, but if we really want to understand it and to apply it to our lives and see God's will and know what he wants us to do in our lives, we have to have all five of these things. Um, So that is the first thing that we need. We need to be in the word and really know how to apply it to our lives. Um, The second thing that we have, (coughs) oh, sorry, is prayer. Um, (coughs) And I know personally, wow, you're so, mm, I love you. Anyways... um, the second thing we have is prayer. Um, and I know personally that prayer it was something that I truly undervalued. Um, I know that pr- like for me, prayer was something that I did at night after my day because I forgot to do it throughout the day. And I was like, well, God tells me to pray, so I better pray. But we have to realize that prayer is coming before the God of creation and talking to him. Um, so... I'm super self reliant and very prideful um, because I have been told that I'm very hardworking and very smart, which is not true. But um, I'm very prideful, and so I just like to try. I like to be the best that I can be, so that people will acknowledge it, and which is a sin. But that prohibited me from really giving things that I struggled with in my life to God. Um, I was very reliant on just, oh, I have to do all this stuff tomorrow. Let me just go ahead and like figure out how I'm going to do it when I didn't even sit down to pray about it and really ask God to just um, take it away from me and just to really give me peace about all the things that I had to do and the things I was struggling with. Um, and so... I I personally really undervalued prayer, and we really need to take time to communicate with the Lord of all creation every day. Um, It's probably the most, well, the word and prayer are the two things that we struggle with the most, Um, well, and witnessing, but I'll get there. Um, But prayer and the word are the two things that we really struggle with because it requires so much discipline. Um... And we have to realize that God demands that of us, but we need to do that if we really want to know God's will. And so um, there's four parts to prayer, just like there's four pa- or five parts to the word. Um, so there's the first part, which is about um, telling or just telling God how great he is and how weak we are. So it's just coming to God and just recognizing how awesome he is and how great He is, and what He does for us, and um, just how weak we are without Him. Um, and then, there's, the second thing is just confession. So that's where we come to God, and we really talk about what we're struggling with, and we repent of that, and we truly ask God to forgive us, and to help us to not do it again, um, which is something that um, really didn't mean a lot to me, personally, um, It was something that I did. I confessed my sins to God and I repented. But it was something that was hard for me to just like really give God everything. Um, And so the third part is to thank God for what he has supplied to you. So after we thank God for who he is and we repent of our sins, that's when we move into thanking God for what he's given us and everything that we have in our life and just how blessed that we are. And so after that we have... um, we ask God to fulfill um, not only our needs, but um, unimaginable things that require complete faith. Um, and I think that we really undervalue the power of prayer. Um, we don't take time to pray that God will bring salvation to the ends of the earth. And we think about that, and we like we might say that, but do we really think about it? And we really think that it's possible. Do we think that God will save every person on this planet? And, you know, it says that, um, until now, the Bible says, until now you have not asked anything in my name, asking it will be given unto you. Um, and so God is faithful to do whatever we pray for, but we really need to have faith and just really give it to God. Um, I've been personally challenged just to pray for people groups and that that people group will come to Christ, the whole people group, um, and personal, I feel really burdened for the Syrian refugees who are being displaced from their country that has been um, closed to foreigners coming in for so long, and now they're being sent out of their country. And so we, I just pray, like, God, that you will bring this people group to know you. And so that's a super daunting task, and we can't fathom that that would happen. But we need to have that kind of faith that God will do whatever we ask of him, no matter what it is. Um and so I had a really easy time praying for God to um, fulfill my needs and then um, also confessing my sins. Those are the two things that I really didn't struggle that much with. Um, I could ask things for myself, and I could—I know what I did wrong. Um, but it was really hard. Like, I didn't take time to tell God how great he was and how dependent I was on him. And it makes such a difference when we take that time to pray And we really sit down and just recognize the full power of God and how awesome He is. And so um, that, and then I never took God, or never took God, I never took time to thank God for just um, to thank Him for all that He'd done in my life and all that He'd blessed me with. Um, Especially when you go to college you see just how um, fortunate you are. Um, Some people are just completely less fortunate. Um, the homeless community community in Gainesville is um, very large, and they're very close to the campus of UF, and so it's hard not to see them. But it's so easy for us to just be caught up in American consumerism and just really want whatever is around us but not thank God for what we already have. And so I really would just encourage you guys to just Especially take time to thank God for how awesome he is and how great he is. And um, just to thank him for all that he's given you. Um, And I listened to a sermon a couple weeks ago. And it was talking about prayer. And um, it said, we pray all the time. Some people do, I didn't. But we pray all the time. But we never ask God for anything big. Um, We never ask him to bring the entire unsaved population to know him. Um, we never ask him to bring entire countries to know him or entire people groups. We just don't trust him with everything. We don't trust him to do all that um, we want him to do. Um, and so the sermon asks, um, what are you asking God that's big? Um, what is the thing right now that you're praying about? Um, rather, Whether it be, um, I pray that God, that through me, you would help me to bring all of Yuli High School to know you and to truly worship you and to live out you in their life. And that's a totally overwhelming task. Um, and I know it was for me in high school. Um, and um, it's totally daunting when you think about it. But God is so good to do that. We just need to have faith and really give it all to him and not worry about, um it not happening because God says that He will do what we ask, and so we just need to have faith that He will do it um and just take out the initiative to do it um so we have the word and prayer, and those are the two things that um that we maybe struggle with the most car alarm anyways, so we'll just ignore it, and okay, yep. Cool. All right. So after the word and prayer, <laughs> the next thing we have is fellowship. And um, personally, fellowship was never something that I struggled with, was being around other believers. Um, but the hard part of fellowship is really spending time talking about God's word and talking about how he's working in our lives and what he's doing. And um, really spending time talking about the scriptures in our lives. Um, and so Hebrews ten twenty four through 25 says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not, le- not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So God doesn't just command us to hang out with other believers and spend the night at their houses and just go eat lunch with them. But God commands us to encourage them in his name and just encourage people to really... Be acting out these principles, encouraging them to be in the Word and to be praying. Um, And so, fellowship is really important in our Christian walks, and we sometimes undervalue just how big of a deal it is. Um, But we need it just as much as we need prayer, and we need to be in the Word. And so, I encourage you guys in this aspect just to really, um, especially with people who are here and you know they're believers, to really ask them. What they're learning in the Bible, um, what they're praying about, um, stuff like that, and you'll really see a difference in how God is acting in your life. Um, And so we get to the final principle, and that principle is witnessing. And um, witnessing is definitely the—I'm sorry, okay. (laughs) Witnessing is was definitely the thing that I struggled with the most, especially with pride and my self-image. I never wanted that to be ruined. Um, I never wanted people to see me as the Christian kid who always told people about Jesus, Um, even though they sometimes thought that, and I really didn't, so I wasted an opportunity there, but oh well. Um, Anyways, Uh, uh, okay, so when I was in high school and middle school and the rest of my life probably, um, I don't really recall a time where I ever shared the gospel. Ever, with one person, um, and I think about all the people that I encountered that definitely didn't know the gospel, and I knew we're not going to heaven. And it's really overwhelming when I think about it that way. But you know, God says that um, we have to share the gospel. It's something that we have to do. Um, And so I just want to encourage you guys that there are people at Yulee High School and in this town and in Yulee Middle School who do not know Jesus Christ. Um, As easy as it is to um, have somebody say, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian, um, I really encourage you to just really share with them what the gospel is. And I'll go over that at the end, but I really encourage them— or I encourage you to tell them what the gospel is and how it affects their, or how they should be living, um, and what it looks like to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. So, um, so we have to be actively sharing the gospel. Um, that's one thing that God definitely commands us to do. Um, and so I know there's home scores too, but. God gives us environments that we can share the gospel. There's plenty of places where you go that, well, I guarantee you, everyone around you is not a Christian. Um, And it's up to us to find that out. We have to be actively asking questions um, and really getting to know people. Um, And I admit that on a college campus, it's easy to get to know people and ask people, where are you from? You know, what did you do? What was your background? Did you go to church? It's easier at a college campus, but I really want to challenge you guys just to really get started witnessing now um, and get started sharing the gospel, because the earlier you start doing it, the happier you'll be. Um, I just really want to tell you guys that um, as I really got um, deeply involved, or I, got, I found out these principles, I really started working on all of them in my life, um, God really started to change my heart and that these are the things that I find happiness in. These are what God really allows me to enjoy in life. Um, You know, the word is, the best thing that I do all day is get in the word and really read about God. Um, You know, and right there along with it is prayer, getting to talk to God every day, whenever I feel like it, which we totally take for granted and totally boggles my mind that God is just willing to listen to everything we have to say all day long. Um, And you know, witnessing um it it's hard it's hard to witness the people but we need to not care about how hard it is and we really have to care about the glory of god and just that's what he tells us to do and if we really want to be disciples of christ we have to share the gospel and we have to tell other people about it so um god has definitely given me peace um I am no longer a pre-med major, fun fact. Um, I realized that I was very selfishly wanting to be a doctor so that I could tell people I was a doctor. And fun fact, I really was like, hey, it would be cool if I won the Nobel Peace Prize. And I was like, wow. Like, how did I not see how selfish that was? Anyway, um, so, yeah. Well, so, but um, I'm now an exploratory major which, what does that mean? I have no idea. I'm exploring. Um, So, but God has really given me peace about everything. Um, My classes, I've got bees. Gasp. (gasps) Yep, I know. I have bees. But, you know, my ministry and just sharing the gospel with people is more important than how much time I spend, like, really studying and really um, just idolizing school which was something I had I struggled with in the past, was just really worrying about um, school more than I worried about my relationship with God. And that's something that I've really given to him in the past few weeks. And I'm incredibly just at peace with that. And I am so thankful for him for giving me that realization. Um, so now that I'm not pre-med, I am looking for a major that will allow me to do missions full-time. So we'll see where that goes. Um, But um, I'm really excited to see um, what God has planned. So um, I really want to... Well, I really just want to talk to you guys about one more thing real quick. Um, And so... You know, I really just want to make sure that you guys understand the gospel of what Jesus Christ did for us. And so, um, in the beginning, God created everything. And he... Everything was perfect. And God... um, was in full fellowship with man, and God walked with, one with man, and then sin entered. And once we had sin, that's when we, felt, that's when we really became broken, and we really experienced brokenness in our lives. Um, and all of us try to feel brokenness with different things, um, whether it be relationships, alcohol, um, other things, um, but we try to feel that sense of just fullness in our lives, um, and that's something that we cannot get. And so, once since we had brokenness, God real, God looked down on us with grace. And that's when God realized that He had to do something. And God sent Jesus to die on the sins for our cross. Uh, die on the sins for our cross. <laughs> Sorry, die on the cross for our sins. And so, when Jesus died, in our, when Jesus died, it's when you think about it, like it's more than Him dying. When Jesus was on the cross. He took on every sin of every person that would ever be born. Um, And you can imagine how much weight was on Jesus when he was crucified. Um, Just um, every sin that would ever happen, he paid for. And so when God, when Jesus died, um, he rose again and conquered death. So we could conquer death and that we would no longer be just destined for hell, um, but that we could truly have a relationship with God and get to know him. Um, And so um, we sing in that song that, um, mm, what's the song? Anyways, but the verse says, take my life and let it be all for you and for your glory. Take my life and let it be yours. And so when we say that, do we really mean that? do we really mean take my life and let it be yours? Take everything that I have and let it be yours. Um, and so it's easy to say, oh God, I really want you, like I really wanna, like I'll die for you, like take my life, I'll, like, I'll be yours. It's easy for us to die for God. It's hard for us to live every day and die every day to ourselves and our own passions and to live for God and share his gospel and to get in the word and get in prayer and just to fellowship with other believers, that's the hard part. Um, so in the end, you know, is everyone who says they're a, or a, a, a Christian, a disciple? And, you know, in um, in the Great Commission, Jesus tells us, um, all authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore make this earth make disciples uh, go, into, go therefore into all the nations and make disciples ah, i don't know i'm sorry i knew i was going to memorize it and show you guys that i was memorizing scripture but i anyways god tells us that we have to go into all the nations and make disciples and we cannot make things that we don't know what they are um we have to be disciples before we can make disciples